What is up, Big Blue Nation? I am Matt Sack BBN, also known as the best hair on Twitter. Join with me are my three best Twitter best friends, 270 Bradley Smith, Big Blue Buddy, and Wildcat Tongue, who is shaking his head at, I'm assuming, the best hair on Twitter comment. Of all the things you are on Twitter, why is that the thing that you hold on to? <laughs> because it is the funniest and like the most like controversial. I guess because no one agrees with it. Yeah. But like someone, I swear, someone genuinely did tell me that once. I was at an intramural volleyball game <laughs> and someone came up to me and it was like, and I wanted to wear like a backwards hat. He's like, hats aren't allowed. I was like, really? You can't wear a hat? He's like, no, don't worry. You have the best hair on Twitter, anyways. And I was like, fair enough. Like, you don't well, hear that this... and then not really, really hold to it. Well, after this week, I don't think that's the most controversial thing that any of us have said on Twitter. <laughs> no, nope. yikes. But um, yeah. I'm not even going to ask because I don't want to hear the answer because it's just going to break my heart. I'm not going to ask how you guys are doing. Um, we, I think Fair. we decided that we, we are a very positive podcast. We're very drama-free. We, we like to uplift BBN and be the, the young, positive voices of BBN Twitter but we have our own anger. So I think we allowed ourselves, what, 30 seconds each to get rants off of our chest. And once we get through that rant, then we can move on with being our uh, friendly, positive selves again. Is that correct? That sounds good. Sure. 30 seconds might I'll... not be enough, but we'll take yeah, it. No. We, we're going to limit I'll it. We're going to limit it to 30 because I feel like if not, we'll do 30 minutes each of ranting. And that's just tough. Oh, jeez. Anyone got a rant ready for us? Anyone boiling? They just got to go. I'm gonna save mine till it till it comes up naturally. Oh, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> no. Yeah. Bradley oh, got man. a rant for us. I mean, my thing is, <laughs> I miss I miss being Kentucky. I mean, the first what eight nine years of the Cal era, we just went in there and we punk teams. When's the last time we just punked somebody that wasn't South Carolina State, except for Kansas last year and Tennessee last year? But dis- disregard that. Disregard the two things that uh, balance out my rant. I'm I'm I miss just killing people. Not not like that. Like like uh, oh, no. beating other teams by a lot of points is what I miss. Let's do that. Beating good teams by a lot of points. Let's do it. Okay. That was 37 seconds. Oh, man. Oh, no. Kick him <laughs> off the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'll, I'll do a quick rant, and this is not the most important thing, but it's the thing that made me the most angry watching and re-watching the last two games. I love Oscar Sheepway. I think he's a great guy. Mm. I think that he's one of the most uh, humble people off the court uh, that we've had at Kentucky. But that man might have one of the worst attitudes that I've seen since, like, freshman year Andrew Harrison. It is difficult <laughs> to watch him shrug his shoulders, um, refuse to change the way he plays, even though he gets beat every single time in a pick and roll, uh, not pass out of double and triple teams. I love Oscar. I think that if he were to fix a few issues, if he just listens to the coaches yell at him once, he can get back to being mm-hmm. a national player of the year, but here, here we are where coaches are. are specifically their offensive game plan is around attacking the national player of the year. That should not happen. My, uh, my mom for my 21st birthday, got me this uh, fancy schmancy uh, microphone. It's got a bunch of different settings. So what I'm going to do is turn it down a few notches. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. Oh boy. Better get quiet. I am not an insider, okay, guys? <laughs> In my bio, I'm a college basketball outsider, okay? I hear things because I'm in group chats with people that are insiders. It's not my info. Sometimes I make dumb tweets and accidentally say stuff like, wow, I heard this. Doesn't mean I get to share it. Doesn't mean you get to rant about me on three whole pages on House of Blue, but I'm glad you did. All of you are like, this kid just wants clicks. This kid just wants attention. I didn't have any until all of you gave me a three-page, like, just rant about me on House of Blue. 
I had 150 new followers yesterday because I had you had me trending on House of Blue and people were looking at my Twitter and following me. So you don't want me to get attention. You think I'm just trying to get attention? You guys gave it to me. Thank you very much. I don't know stuff. All right. Well, I do, but I can't share it. So stop asking. <laughs> hey, why are you trying to get so much attention there, Sack? It's okay. I don't know. That's how you know you've made it whenever 50-year-old men are ranting about you on House of Blue. Just furious. To be fair, you you handled that so well. My my favorite was the screenshot of I'm not on Twitter, but my wife is on there so much. I felt like that might have been a little bit too far, but that 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 was an elite moment uh in a in a moment of crisis. <laughs> yeah. But my, my girlfriend told me that might have been too far, so I took it down. So she's my my uh my moral uh compass so we we, we took that we one all down, need but, one but yes, yes we do we all need one especially when you're on twitter as much as me but that that's my rant guys like i don't i'm not gonna tell you things i'll i'll be better i made a mistake i shouldn't have started it with like look at what i heard my point of my tweet wasn't look what i heard but you don't know the point of my tweet was some things are going to come out like in a kyle tucker article or a sources say episode or like Travis Graff on House of Blue, like those people are going to come out and say things. And when they finally do, you're going to be like, oh, it makes sense. Like what we're seeing on the court, that makes sense. It kind of all adds up. And we kind of saw that the past couple of days. We saw it today with the Kyle Tucker article. Um, That that was kind of like my tweet. It wasn't like, look what I know that you don't. But anyways, I'm well over 30 seconds now. My bad, guys. But do you want to go <laughs> or do you want to move on uh, and wait for something later? Oh, I'll save my rant. What are we talking about tonight? Uh, do we want to talk about Bama? I, it so much has happened. Like this has been the longest like week where I'm like we just need to talk. We, a 26 point loss is somehow mm. old news and something that is not really at the forefront of anybody's mind anymore. Can we we just, have like, to we have to say something about it though. Uh, Nate Oates, one hell of a basketball coach. Brandon Miller, good at basketball. Good at basketball. Brandon Miller should have been a cat. Aduciero deserves more minutes. I will say one thing about the Alabama game that positive that we did see. I'm going to try to be more positive the rest of the episode. Try. That was I did say try. Um, one thing that we did see that was a positive trend from game one into game two. Um, I mean Alabama into South Carolina was Antonio Reeves started creating his own shot a little bit more, and maybe that was lack of no one else wants to shoot the ball. And Cyber Wheeler was kind of tired of doing it himself. So it was like, Antonio Reeves, you try now. And he did. And he, mm-hmm. he was kind of successful both games creating his own shot. He looks much, much more comfortable doing that than in, like, just standing on the wing and, like, catch and shoot. Um, like, you would think if you can hit a step back three, you can hit a catch and shoot. But some guys just like to put the ball on the ball or put the ball on the ground first. I think that's Antonio Reeves. So I thought that was one positive trend. Damian Collins showing some stretches. He played better than mm-hmm. Oscar Shibway. Um, there was a huge play in the South Carolina game that looked like this is where it's going to change. He hit a he blocked like a dunk on one end, sprinted across the floor, and then got like an and one put back like layup or dunk or something. So seeing more flashes out of him, I'm glad he's getting some confidence. And with the way that Oscar's struggling on defense. Um, I think he could be a huge piece moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I think we have a lot of guys playing out of position. Uh, Damien's playing the four. He 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 showed at Alabama that he he could be an elite or at least a serviceable five. Uh, we've got obviously Chris Livingston playing out of position for everybody except for Cal. That's a discussion for another day. I don't know if we're going to convince him otherwise. Um, we just we just have guys that are not playing the way they should be, and seeing Damien like be able to help off his man and get some blocks, be able to run the floor with a mismatch on him. Uh, that's that. That's the kind of flashes that we expected after the Bahamas trip. Yeah, my thing with Damien is it, it's something I've been saying for two years now. Well, I guess this year and last year. He'll do two or three things a game that just make you go, wow, this dude is a freak. Then he'll do two or three more things a game that make you go, wow, how, how, how have you made it this far? Uh, like wow. one, one play that I'm thinking of is at Alabama. He went up and he just like volleyball spiked 
one of uh, Betty Ako's shots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember that exact play that I'm talking yep. about, but he just mm-hmm. swatted the life out of the ball. Yep. Then South Carolina, those mid-range shots are just like, Ugh! It's tough to watch, you know, because you know he has it in him. He made them. Yeah. He's made them, but uh, it's just it, it's so tough. I, I I don't know how to fix. It. If I knew how to fix it, I'd be making nine million dollars a year. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it's hard to watch from my couch. <laughs> Play him at the five. That'll fix it. There we go. Yeah, and th- this is something I was just on. Uh... Dylan Ballard's podcast on Sea of Blue. I think it's called Bluegrass Banner. And if you listen to that and you're listening to this, sorry, you're going to hear it twice. But I think it was, I just heard myself say it. I'm like, damn, Zach, like spit, go off. I don't think, um, and I, I don't, I think a lot of things this year are out of Cal's hands, but I think what I blame Cal for the most, um, he's not putting his players in the best position individually for them to succeed. I talked about Antonio Reeves getting more opportunities on the ball. You can clearly tell that's where he's best. Why does it take it all this year? Why are we using him as a spot-up guy when he's not a spot-up guy? We've been looking for guys to create shots on their own. Why have we not been using him that way? I feel like that's why we brought him in, and that's his strength. We're not using him that way. Damian you know, a little birdie. Is that a little birdie once told me that him in a pick-and-roll would be a really good offense? Is that a, was that a Scott Clark birdie? That was the... One and only Scott Clark. Mm. He, he might have been right. He might have been right. I'm, I'm, I at least want to see it. Hey, um, one time. Yeah. And like Chris Livingston, like we're, we're not doing him favors by putting him at the three. I don't mind if we play him like a three, but there can't be two bigger guys than him on the court. You know, like Chris Livingston at the three with like Bryce Hopkins at a four would be fine. But like Livingston, uh-huh. Lance Ware, Damian Collins, and then Oscar, that's not doing him any favors. Putting Damian Collins at the four and using him as like a spot-up guy for like one dribble pull-ups, that isn't doing him favors. He should be like rim running and rim protecting. And like Oscar, like, and just the offense as a whole, how we use like Oscar and Wheeler. Oscar's not a great defender, but we were like, what was our best defense last year? What was the best defense that we played? What did we do on defense that made our defense good? It had nothing to do with what we did on defense. We ran all freaking game on offense, and we wore the right. other team out where they couldn't run their own offense. We didn't have anyone to guard Oach. We didn't. Or Jalen Wilson or Bron. Like, we didn't have guys or Remy Martin. We didn't have guys to guard Kansas. But we sprinted down their throats all day and beat them physically where they were like just desperate for anything. on. They couldn't get anything going on offense. I don't know why we're trying to slow it down this year. This is not a slow it down and grind it out team because this team is a lot like no. last year's team. We should be speeding it up and running mm. and gunning and trying to get catch and look shoot or catch and look shots for CJ. We should try to be getting the ball in Reeves' hand to score early and often. We should be trying to get catch and shoot threes for Kaysen. We should let Savir Wheeler sprint. That is where his game is best. And we should have Oscar who, yeah, might give up some on defense, but he's going to get even more on offense because that's just how many offensive possessions we're going to have. We have the best offensive rebounder in the country, and we don't even use him to the fullest capacity because we don't take yeah. that many shots for him to even rebound. Absolutely. We shouldn't yeah, we, be playing uh, into our defense. That's our weakness. We should not be slowing the ball down if defense is our weakness. Let the him things cook. that we struggle with... Go ahead, Bradley. No, I just said let him cook. All right. Uh, the uh, things we struggle with most on offense, uh, whenever Oscar gets uh, tripled or double teamed, that that's a big struggle. Whenever we uh, like do our ball screen action with a loaded side and we, there's a ton of help uh, on the court, all that's taken away with, if you do that stuff in transition. If you get the ball down to Oscar in transition, like we did all last year, there's no help defense there. It's one-on-one, and we know who win- who's winning that battle more often than not. If we run a quick ball screen in transition, there's no help defense. Xavier gets to go one-on-one against a big or dish it down uh, to Oscar if if he rolls like he's supposed to. Like we we have offense to – we have the, the parts to run at least a competent offense, but uh, we're making some wrong decisions. But I would say our 
our biggest issues aren't even on the offensive end. Yeah, we we definitely have struggles, especially with the personnel we put out there with Chris at the three and Lance at the four and stuff like that. But defensively this year, oh my goodness, we cannot stop anybody. And you brought up Oscar before. I think that's a lot of it. It's like, but our, our we're not playing complimentary defense right now. Our guards are getting beat off the dribble and Oscar is not a rim protector and we're trying to make him a rim protector. So I am blaming Oscar because he's getting killed down low. But like, mm-hmm. our, like Savir Wheeler just got walked by every single time at the South Carolina game. And I feel like Kaysen was out for most of that game. So I, we don't have too much of a sample size for him, but like, because we're asking both him and Wheeler to do so much on offense, like we we're not getting the best of their defensive abilities either. When did we have our best defensive stretch against Alabama? And I, it's when Oscar was on the bench and Damian yeah. was Damian and Ugo were playing the five. I'm not saying to bench Oscar. I don't think that's the right decision, but if another team's going on a run, especially if they're getting those looks at the rim, you got to put in your rim protectors and not at the four. Damian at the four and Oscar at the five does not solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Y'all saw Corey's, and I just talk about Oscar, yeah. Corey's tweet of they're um, converting 31.6% of their shot when Oscar is on the bench and 746 when he's on the floor wow. and the, you know, someone asked us and, and I want to hear y'all's opinion. Do you th- think that's more of just like, he's getting obliterated. There's no skill there. There's, or is it, is it his, uh, his effort? Most of it is he's six, eight, but it, it seems a little bit like effort too. It's like both. I think it's oh. all decision-making. If you look at him in the pick and roll, when you're playing pick and roll defense, especially as a big, there's, Two things you not there's more than two things, but there's two things that you can kind of do. You can either pressure the ball handler, or you can sit back on your man uh, and just kind of guard him. Oscar does neither of those things. He gets caught in no man's land far too often. He doesn't really pressure the ball handler, which gives him plenty of room to lob it to a big that he that Oscar's also not guarding. So um, <laughs> you look, you see the assistants telling him this every time he goes to the bench. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to get it through to him, whether it's like spending a whole practice working on it with him. I, I, I'm sure they're still, they're doing that in practice. So it's just, it's up to him. He's got to make those decisions in lifetime. I need to go find it, but there's a clip from Alabama. I was watching the game on a big, big screen. Um, So I saw in the bottom corner. Yeah, I know it was real (laughs) nice, Uh, but it was, it was Lance and Damien sitting beside um, sitting beside Oscar on the bench. I guess Hugo was in and they were just coaching him, right? Like both of them turned like facing him on the bench, talking to him like that, you know, they, and they were talking and it was intense. And then the assistants were over there hitting his shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's just, it's not getting through. I I want to preface this. I love Oscar. I appreciate oh, no. Oscar. <laughs> I appreciate everything that he's done for the basketball program. Truly, some of the games that he has had, I never thought I'd see anything like it. Almost 30 rebounds against a 7-5 guy. That's amazing. The single-handed carry job that he has done so many games, awesome. Mm-hmm. Love Oscar to death. He cannot play defense. I mean, he just he just can't. You, you look going all the way back to the Michigan State game. One play oh, is just yeah. seared into my brain. I think it was yeah. at the end of regulation. End of regulation, you're right. He watched yep. his man run past him, wide open dunk, and he just throws his hands up. Why are you throwing your hands up? That's your man. What are <laughs> you doing? Yeah. Like, I love him to death. He just doesn't understand how to play defense i don't think and like you were talking about it it literally takes lance and damien and the assistants to try to get him to be serviceable against charles bediaco i'm kind of depressed talking about uh the alabama and south carolina game but i mean there's not much that's not depressing to talk about right now I have a, I have one more thing I want to talk to. We can move on. Do you guys know? Who, Absolutely. You guys know who Keith Van Horn is? Yes. Who is he, Bradley? 
he played in the NBA for uh, several years. He was that mold of like a 6'8 to 6'10 white dude that just sprayed from three. That's Keith Van Horn. Yeah, do you remember what team he played for? Uh, In the NBA? Yeah. He played for the Nets for a time, didn't he? And then for the who is, Sixers. Who is, his, who is his coach when he was on the Nets? Oh. It wasn't John Calipari, oh. was it? It was John Calipari. Um, oh. So you remember Coffee with Cal? I don't think he still does no. that. Do you remember Coffee with Cal? No. I think no. it was during COVID. He had like some, he brought like different guests on. He had like his own little podcast during COVID to, I think, help like, raise funds for covid relief if i remember correctly mm. um but he was talking on there and he brought up this uh keith van horn and he recalled this time on the nets um about how keith was kind of like an offensive specialist he wasn't great on defense but he was like one of the he was like a stretch forward for a stretch forward was what he was kind of talking about and he said like i remember keith van horn like came up to him he, I'll, I'll speak in cal's perspective he's like keith van horn like came up to me and was like, uh, we, we have to play like the Jazz. Like, I, I don't think I could guard Carl Malone. And John Calipari said, well, I'm not sure you can either. He'll probably get 30 points, but you will have to get 32. That's kind of my mentality with Oscar Shibway right now. Your strength isn't defense. It's not. If you're going to get beat on defense, that's fine. But let's make sure you're still getting... 20 points and 18 rebounds, which is what Oscar right. Shibway is used to doing. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. get beaten pick and roll a few times, that's fine. But go be Oscar Shibway. Go make sure you get an offensive rebound. Other teams shouldn't be like, great, we get a mismatch against Oscar Shibway. You should be like, I'm a mismatch against the other team center. Yeah, they got some tall, skinny dude that's beat me in pick and rolls, but he cannot keep me off the glass. He cannot keep me out of the post. We're going to score every single time we go down because either you're going to feed me in the post and I'm going to get a bucket or we're going to get one of my guards a shot and they're going to make it when if they miss, I'm getting the offensive rebound. That's kind of the mentality I kind of need with Oscar Shibway. You're going to get beat, but make sure you beat the other team more. Um, With that being said, we have to move on to a different depressing topic such as um, who was it? Was it a uh, Travis Branham message board post? Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, oh. Tra- Travis Branham, probably the biggest two four seven's biggest scoop guy. He's also, I think, from Lexington. Currently lives in Lexington, mm-hmm. so he's kind of got like a more UK connection, and, and he's already got tons of scoop. And he posted something saying that through the back channels, Cal and Tex have already discussed about the opening because of Chris Beard guys don't beat women please um and because of that people are thinking there might be an open position next year cal's not doing great at kentucky kentucky isn't really in love with cal right now especially how they used to be <sighs> people are getting kicked out of rup arena for holding out please go to texas signs it's it, it's it's a mess this isn't kentucky <laughs> basketball it's a mess it's what it is right now it just sucks but uh what are y'all's opinions on the whole situation? Do you actually think he's leaving? Do you want him to leave? Is does Texas even want him? I kind of want to preface this. Like, I, I want us to have a discussion about this uh, because there's there's a lot of conjecture going around from people that uh, know things. Um, but at the end of the day, it is up to uh, John Vincent Calipari. He has no incentives to. Uh, do anything but what he wants to do if he wants to stay there is no one to tell him that he can't stay it's 55 million dollars to get rid of him if he wants to go he's going to go get paid nine to 11 million dollars to go coach at texas Um, he is going to do what he wants to do Uh, the only people that know that are john calipari and probably ellen (laughs) but um I mean, we can we can read the tea leaves. We can trust guys like Travis who know that he's been talking. But at the end of the day, uh, Cal gets to do what he wants to do because of the way his contract is structured. I don't want him to go, man. As much as I talked about earlier about how frustrating that this is, because it is frustrating and nobody's going to say that it's not frustrating, I don't want him to go. You know, whoever we do hire, and I think we're going to talk about that later in the episode, but it's it's just not going to be the same. 
even if they come in and kill it, it it's just not going to be the same. Cal has been the coach at Kentucky for most of all four of our lifetimes. Yep. So it, it, mm-hmm. it, it whenever you've, you've known and been familiar with someone, not like we know him on a personal level or anything, <laughs> but, but honestly, he's been here so long. It's kind of like we do. Yeah. I, I just don't right. want him to go. Um, you know, I think you guys know where I, where I stand on it. Um, I <laughs> pretty vocal about it, um, which is funny because, you know, I, to my followers on Twitter, uh, I've been basically begging for us to give Calipari one more chance, you know, next season to bring in that, uh, you know, 50% of the top eight recruits in the country, right? Like half of the top eight recruits in the country, just to give the man one more chance to win, you know, just to like seal his legacy here and go out on top. And then we can part ways as friends rather than bitterly and, you know, leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. That's what I want. And that's my opinion. I respect the others, but I think Cal deserves that one shot seeing as how, (laughs) I mean, 12 NCAA tournaments have been played since he's been coach at Kentucky. A third of those we've been to the final four. Over half of those we've been to the Elite Eight. We've been to the championship twice in that period, and we've won it once, which is like almost a quarter of all of Kentucky's Final Fours all time. And, you know, one of the four championships we've had in the last 60-something years. The tournament used to be like two rounds. It's gotten harder since the segregation (laughs) era, believe it or not. But I digress. And it, but one interesting thing, it turns out I might be preaching to the choir on Twitter. Um, a friend of mine, uh, the Things BBN Likes account on Twitter, shout out Things BBN Likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a poll today. Uh, last time I checked, it had over 2,000 votes. It was like 2,200 votes. Just a big sample of, of random Kentucky fans from all over the state. And it just asked, yes or no, do you want to see John Calipari coaching Kentucky next season? And last I checked, the results were over 85% yes, which is today when Cal is uh, – things are worse with Cal than they've ever been, right? And that tells right. me two things. First, that the people who want to fire Cal are just infinitely louder than the majority of the fans <laughs> who seemingly agree with me and believe Cal might be able to to do something next season. And, and the second thing is uh, that my, my quarrel might not be with – my Twitter followers and the, the common fans, but maybe the uh, athletic director, and we'll get into that um, later. But do those results surprise you guys? It 85? either means that the negative Cal fans are way louder than I thought, or that the reading compre- comprehension of BBN is just really, really bad, and they didn't understand the question. <laughs> which is possible. Which is possible. <laughs> I can see both. I really think that, like, when we're talking about Cal – um, I mean, for, for especially for the generation of fan that we are, uh, being young adults, um, Cal was the coach of our of, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. I went to his camps, but uh, when I first started really caring about Kentucky basketball, Cal was the coach, and he was the coolest guy in the world, and he made Lexington, Kentucky, the coolest place in the world. So it's really yeah. tough, like even as a twenty four year old to to throw that away to to say like hey i want to move on uh it's like a toxic relationship even if he's like if the game has passed him up it's tough for me as a fan and i guess a lot of the fan base to say yep we're done with you just that abusive ex-girlfriend you keep going back to (laughs) buddy you kind of alluded to it and as we segue into our next topic uh it might not all be cal's fault um you know knowing can no one is making Cal play Damien at the four or Chris at the three or telling us to run a 55 60 possession offense you know no no one no one's holding Cal's arm behind his back and making him do that but there are some other things that are out of Cal's hands such as raising funds to get a practice facility but not let being not being let to build it or trying to get more assistance to help with your offense and help with your defense and help modernize that, but not being allowed to have that. Guys, is it time to hashtag ditch Mitch? It's oh my gosh, been time. 100%. 
here's the thing about that article. It Kyle Tucker is usually kind of the mouthpiece of the basketball program. Mm-hmm. I really doubt that the uh, basketball program would want him to also publish in that same article about uh, like Riley Welsh being our main scout of yeah. teams, uh, mm-hmm. like watching all the film. So I doubt that this is straight from the mouth of Calipari. That is not something he would want to come out. So I think that validates a lot of what he's saying. He is throwing punches at Cal and at Mitch. And uh, it's really set some stuff on fire. But I think it's a good fire because it's stuff that needs to be cleaned up. Do you think Cal is playing 4D chess? And he's like, Kyle, say all this stuff I want you to say, but maybe like throwing one bad thing about me. That's not crazy. (laughs) Like maybe just like watching (laughs) film or something. So people don't think that like it's just <laughs> me telling you what to say, throwing some critical things, nothing crazy, nothing fireable, but uh, nothing. Go to Texas. Making that joke, but... making that joke. Kyle Tucker's going to listen to this podcast somehow. Be like, oh, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> he's on to us. I don't think that it's a conspiracy theory. Believe it or not. I don't think so. If Cal could play 4D chess, he could run a pick and roll with motion offense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to say, I, I've kind of like I've got like a, a soft spot for Cal because he, uh, most of all of the Kentucky basketball that I know has been Cal and a lot of great memories. And I, I hate that someone that gave me my childhood so much happiness can go out with so much hatred. Um, but anyways, like, I, I kind of like Mitch, too. I remember freshman year in the student section, I was getting yelled at by a bunch of people telling me, sit down, I can't see, get out of the way. <laughs> and Mitch Barnhart, he's on the sideline, kind of like in his corner by the tunnel, turns around, goes up to where I was standing, and said to the people that are telling me to sit, he's allowed to stand, shut up. And then <laughs> everyone shut up and let me stand the rest of the game. So I've kind of been like, you know what, Mitch? I respect that. You at least are going to do that to try and get a good environment and rub. But in terms of allowing Cal to make as good of a basketball team as he can and allowing alcohol sales and allowing NIL for the football program, whatever it is, it might be time, guys. It might be time. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that that happened to you. But that did not happen to me, and so I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to that's, fire. <laughs> that's the one positive experience that anybody has ever had with Mitch Barnhart. I'm convinced. You talked Mitch about that. Barnhart, you you Mitch talked Barnhart about got a good volleyball team and a rifle team, and has just rode that for dude. for years now. <laughs> you you talked about that soft spot that oh, we all man. have for Cal. I think we all have that hard spot for Mitch. Uh, ju- <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Bradley, you're done. That's not what I meant. Take five. Stop. What I meant. Can one of our lovely listeners clip that for us, please? Thank you so much. <laughs> what, I, what I meant was, it seems like a sp- – <laughs> I'm sorry. It seems like especially over the last, I don't know, four or five years, anything that the fan base has wanted done and can like clearly see that this is the right thing, Mitch has just been like, no, not happening. Uh, People make the joke on Twitter all the time, NIL means not in Lexington. Mm. Whose fault is that? It's not Stoops' fault. It's not Cal's fault. It's Mitch's fault. Mitch's and fault. JMI, but that's also Mitch's fault. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, it's time for Mitch to go. Yeah, we're gonna have to tuck that hard spot away and hopefully move on because <laughs> if we all tie it back to what two discussions ago when we were talking about Cal to Texas, if Cal leaves to Texas this offseason, who is making the hire? Mitch. Mitch. Oh, we're talking about goodness. We're, we're the all same like, man that hired Billy Gillespie. We're all like fire Cal because he can't adopt to modern basketball who knows modern sports more than Mitch Barnhart oh man here's the thing if you want to get rid of Cal I can see it I can see your argument that's fine there's someone you got to get rid of too or first if that's the case first yeah yep all right boys I would like to I would like to turn in my rant now (laughs) 
All right. Proceed. I would like to. Can I go I get like a snack while you talk? Exchange my rent. <laughs> oh, you you may if you want. All right. Thanks. You're All right. The clock. I'll preface with this. It's not going to be thirty seconds, but whether <laughs> <laughs> whether you want Cal gone next season or um, today or never, whatever. The inevitable truth and the clear reality of it is that Cal is on his way out this season or the next or the one after. It's winding down. He knows it. We all know it. It's happening. But while he's here, Cal has raised, personally raised tens of millions of dollars to donate to the university a practice facility that he will only get to use for a few years, but it's a gift, a $30 million legacy type of present for this program to benefit from for decades from now and to help us as a program you know, with recruits and leaky ceilings and all that stuff long after John Calipari is gone and it's free. It's free. And Cal and our supporters and previous players who believe in Kentucky basketball that much are trying to donate to this university. And according to Kyle Tucker, Mitch Barnhart is just saying, no, thank you. And he won't let it happen. Just setting aside how painfully, like atrociously disrespectful and awful and insulting that is, it's just a terrible decision, period. If Billy Gillespie wanted to offer a cool $30 million to the men's basketball team, you take it. And it's just asinine. (laughs) And who knows what Mitch's excuse could possibly be. I'm sure it'll be something. But like, is this not grounds for wanting that dude just gone now? That's my rant. You know what? That facility might be the uh, second worst thing in that article. The other worst thing is, why is this fan base so fractured right now? It's because of an interview that Calipari did with Lex18 Mm -hmm. in August of 2022. He said something that he, we now learned, immediately regretted. He was just ranting. He didn't have a script. He was just saying words. You know how Cal is. He just spews stuff out of his mouth. And he just said, hey, we're a basketball school, which isn't necessarily false, but that's a discussion for another day. (laughs) We're a basketball school. I like the football team, but we're a a basketball school. Uh, And you know what he did? According to Kyle Tucker, he wanted to immediately apologize. And Matt Jones kind of confirmed this story. He said, yeah, that's true. He wanted to immediately apologize. And Mitch Barnhart played like did him dirty, threw him under the bus, said, hey, you know what? Don't apologize yet. I'll take care of it. And then two mm-hmm. days later, does a uh, press conference with Stoops and takes a side. It doesn't matter what side he took. If he took Cal's side and like threw Stoops under the bus, yeah, that's still a bad decision. The fact yep. that our athletics director, who is Stoops's boss and Cal's boss, picked a side in that situation is just so disheartening. And we knew he picked a side from the beginning, but the fact that he specifically kind of molded Cal and directed Cal's puppet strings so that he could take a side like that is just so irresponsible. And I, I don't know how he's had a job for this long. Because he has done some things well, but like it's well, he yeah. has hired Cal. He has hired Stoops and he gave them one of them an extension that was too long and looks a little hard to get out of right now and puts all the cards in Cal's hands, which as a Cal supporter, I don't really mind, but I know other people don't like that. Um, but he extended stoops when people doubted him, and we've gotten multiple 10 win seasons because of it. We've gotten a volleyball national championship, we've gotten multiple rifle national championships. But on the other end, it's like our baseball team sucks, our women's basketball team sucks, our <laughs> men's basketball team sucks with the like standard that is Kentucky basketball. Like it's nowhere near where it should be. Just come off a seven-win football program. DeAndre Square put it best. I think we all just have karma from arguing what kind of football school it was. But mm-hmm. like you just said, that happened because of Mitch. We're behind an NIL. We don't build facilities that we do raise money for. And you, as an athletic director, don't even raise that money. Cal had to go and get the money on his own, which is not his job. It's just not. He works 80-hour weeks, like, scouting and just, like, recruiting and coaching and trying to like gum up with game plans and how he also has to go raise money from his millionaires that he That's produced cool. himself yep. and get money. And then he says like, Hey, can we get this facility? And they're just like, no. And buddy, you said he might only get to use it for a few years. I would argue he might not get to use it at all. Facilities just aren't like just spawned 
Yep. It might take a whole year to build, especially <laughs> if it's $30 million. You yep. might never get to use it. DJ Wagner, like that class might not get to use it. It's terrible. It's a gift for the university for after after he goes. And I've got an idea. <laughs> oh boy. This is oh, how we get Mitch gosh. on board with the practice facility. Paint the and entire Mitch is thing. So Oh no, it's checkerboard, isn't it? Paint the entire thing checkerboard. Oh. And make a facility wide oh, no. rule that you have to ha- wear a shirt with buttons. And the top button has to be, has buttoned, to be buttoned at yep. all times. And no alcohol unless you're a millionaire. I like it. My goodness, Compromise. Bradley, I think you figured it out. There you go. Mitch I Barnhart, we have a deal. We are willing to come to the negotiating table now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I said we weren't going to rant. I said we would try to stay positive. So let's try to do something fun. We, ha- we had this idea. Um. Hmm. Ooh, since our basketball team is kind of struggling right now, we're going to make our own basketball roster. We're going to do an eight-man basketball roster. That's kind of like the rotation Cal likes. Maybe eight is a little high, but still. Um, and we're going to do a snake draft, but we're going to build the roster together. So I'm going to start us off, and then we'll go, Buddy, you're going to go second based on my screen. WT, your third. Bradley, your fourth, because you took forever to join, but that's okay. Um <laughs> And we're going to, then we'll snake back and we're going to pick athletes to build our UK basketball roster. But the one thing is we can't use Kentucky basketball players. I think we're going to use Kentucky basketball players from any, or Kentucky athletes, former or present. Is that correct? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I think that's what we said. I hope so, because that's what I plan for. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to start us off. All right. The first person that we're going to draft that's going to be on our roster when I look at Cal, his best point guards have been very quick and very fast, all right? You look at John Wall, lightning quick speed. De'Aaron Fox, lightning quick speed. Tyler Eulis, very, very, very quick and shifty, all right? So I want, I want a quick point guard, even if I'm sacrificing some height. I want someone that could get to the rim, blow by defenders. I'm going to go with the fastest female in the world, Abby Steiner. And now you might say, oh, wow, you might say, well, there's someone else you might want to do in terms of female track, but I'm I'm not going to say her name because someone else might pick her. I don't want to give any picks away, but she (laughs) runs 400 hurdles, not so much of a sprint. Abby Steiner dominates the 100 meter dash, 200 meter dash. I want someone that can get downhill quick and in a hurry, not so much worried about endurance yet, but that's, that's going to be our point guard. We have Abby Steiner at the point. Buddy, you get the number two pick for our roster. Who are you taking? So this is any athlete, past or present. You just picked a non-basketball player. I think I missed the memo. Is that any athlete? Yes, just it can't be any a basketball athlete. player. Any non-basketball player. Oh, can't be a basketball player. Okay. Or else we all would right. all just pick basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Scratch Jamal Mashburn off. <laughs> um, can I take – I think I'll just take uh, Muhammad Ali – at, they, uh, at center. They need to have they actually have to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, dag on it, guys! I did not prepare for this. Tell you what, buddy, <laughs> you're gonna go fourth. Yeah, hey, he's a Kentucky boy. You, Muhammad you Ali think, is a Kentucky you think boy. A little bit. Bradley's yeah, uh, buddy's got the right spirit. He's really close. He did pick yeah. a really good athlete that's from Kentucky, but we this is why we don't be vague in our University of now. Kentucky athletes. <laughs> uh, Secretariat. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll go second, buddy. I'll get I'll give you some time to think, get some names in your head. Um, I appreciate that. For my second pick, um, Cal like likes his athleticism. He likes people that can play above the rim. Likes people that can um, get up high and uh, uh, be people not necessarily with skill, but with uh, just pure uh, unbridled athleticism. So I'm going to draft Josh Marsh. He was the male cheerleader that went viral a few years ago with all those flips in the end zone, that man was getting like 12 feet off the ground. Uh, he's going to play kind of like our uh, smaller uh, athletic wing position. And he is just going to catch those lobs behind zones all day. So Josh Marsh. So Abby Steiner's our point guard. What position is Josh Marsh going to be playing for us? I'm going to say small forward. Just because I, like I think we need a little bit more skill uh, at the shooting guard position, mm-hmm. uh, but I think him at a small forward, uh, kind of an undersized, would be would be good. I like that. 
Bradley, who do you who do you got for us? Yeah. So if you look at Cal's teams, what does he like down low? He likes tall, right. long wingspan, uh, just able to, able to affect things. Uh, you know, you look at guys like Willie Cauley Stein. Look at Nerlens Noel, Anthony Davis. I'm not. I'm not saying this guy is going to be Anthony Davis, uh, but he certainly fits that kind of mold, and he had that kind of impact, I believe, on the Kentucky basketball program. Give me the six foot eleven pitcher from Kentucky yep. baseball, Sean Jelly. Yeah, you took my second pick there, Bradley. Nice job. <laughs> is, is Sean going to be our center? Uh, he can be. Uh, I doubt there's many you're, other six eleven athletes. Uh yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll put him at center. Okay, I like it. <laughs> All right, boys, I'm absolutely scrambling over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got All two right. picks in a row there, bud. <laughs> I got two picks in a row. Okay. <laughs> snake trap. <laughs> I know it's a snake trap. Yeah, it's occurring to me now. Okay, okay. Oh All man, right. we don't have to snake if you're not ready. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, maybe. Uh, who is um? Who's that that girl that we uh that was like the rifle championship, like the rifle? Oh shoot, the one that with all the uh, oh yeah off off the uh range drama. Yes, the one with all the drama, but she was like the champion, like the best there ever was. Her last name was like Tucker, right? Ellie Tucker is that it? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think so. Well, I want is that her our, shooter? our shooter. Yep, she's a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going with for our shot. Mary Tucker. Mary Tucker. Mary Tucker? Yep. Okay. I wonder if she has a sister. Don't know. There you Mary go. Tucker is our shooting guard? Yep. Nice. Very nice. Very nice, buddy. Thanks. Uh, and, and now here's me uh, scrambling again. Let's not snake. Let's not snake, actually. Okay. I'll okay. I'll start us back <laughs> up. Um, you're, you're correct. It, it was Mary Tucker. Um rifle champion team usa for the for the olympics very nice didn't she um, win so a gold far, or a silver or something i'm not sure it's not coming up we should again this is what happens when you're not better prepared but that's we're up to no good podcast for you but anyway so far we have <laughs> abby steiner at the one mary tucker at the two josh marsh at the three and sean jelly at the five um i'm gonna think you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna fit with Cal. You know what? I might be going with two bigs here, two shot blockers, but I really value shot blocking. Um, for our four position, um, when I think of like who I want from a shot blocker, I want someone that could jump up. I want someone that could swat the ball. Maybe even let's say spike the ball. Okay, mm. we are going to go to the women's volleyball mm. team, the best female volleyball player that I have ever seen with my own two eyes. Leah Edmond will be playing the four. Um, she she's got a good coach at home too. She does, she does that. So so far we have a co-ed team. We got Abby Steiner at the five, Mary Tucker, or I'm sorry, Abby Steiner at the one, Mary Tucker at the two, Josh March at the three, Leah Edmond at the four for her shot blocking ability, and Sean Jelly will be grabbing boards his six eleven self. That that's our five. Um, who's got the sixth man for us? I got it. Um, now I want to so. The rest of, of the options I have, I have one that's cheating, and I have two that are kind of cop-outs. And so I'm going to go with the cheating one. Um, this, uh, we, we need kind of a do-it-all um, sort of uh, guard on the bench. I'm thinking like a Davion Mintz role. But we also need someone uh, that we know has at least some experience in basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with um, track star, EJ Floreal. <laughs> but only him after he quit the basketball team. <laughs> I don't that, know if I can do that, but I'm going to That's not cheating. That. That's just smart. <laughs> yeah, let, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he technically for a time was a UK athletics athlete without being on the basketball team. So I'm going to pick that version of EJ. <laughs> Plus, Kentucky historically does really good with Canadian players, right? Oh, there you go. Is he Canadian? If yes, they he's play. Canadian. Okay. Yeah. Learn something new every day. So I think, so it's weird that our sixth man is the one with the most basketball experience, but uh, you know, this is a Calipari coached uh, team. So uh, anything goes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I've got, 
uh, a couple guys. Actually, I've got four names here Whoa. in my notes app. Uh, but the two guys I've kind of narrowed it down to are uh, two former football players. Uh, we're already kind of kind of guard heavy, so I think I'm going with with a big man. Mm. Give me Calvin Taylor. Ooh, defensive lineman. I stood six foot nine, or stand six foot nine. Uh, you know, paint beast. Uh, you know, whatever Oscar does, Calvin Taylor can do it too. Maybe. Maybe. Six nine three eleven, uh, according to Google, that's huge. Six nine three eleven. I thought you were going with Oliver Miller. Bill. <laughs> I thought you were going with someone else, but uh, I don't want to. I wanted to leave him. Uh, for take buddy. that person away from the the rest of the group. I wanted to leave it for Buddy because I think this don't, is the easiest layup. Oh, do you think? I I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if I picked who you picked. I was just gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say JJ Weaver just because no! he has he has six <laughs> fingers and he's six five. Out rebound to that. I dare yeah. you. <laughs> really good grip on the basketball. Really what good a pick. pick. Yeah. Wow. wow. Now that's our that's our eight man team. We got Abby Steiner at the point guard, Mary Tucker at the two, Josh Marsh at the three, Leah Edmond at the four, Sean Jelly at the five, EJ Florial sixth man, Calvin Taylor seventh man, JJ Weaver eighth man. I think we had one really big snub. Yes. I don't know if this person is going to be a ninth man or like just a preferred walk on, but I feel like we could really use this person's energy on the team. Um, I'm going to go to the University of Kentucky club spike ball team and add Matt Sack oh, on our no. back. Oh, yeah. Absolutely on. not. Absolutely not. Whoa. No, the, not even the as one, a manager. The one snub. Oh, we that, could do. We, we could talk about that. I heard he's a locker room cancer. <laughs> the one for sure snub. He just tweets out scoop, but doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the the one. Uh, the for two sure, guys that I. Go ahead, go ahead, WT. The two guys that I had that uh, didn't make the team, uh, probably should have made the team, uh, were Tim Couch and Jared Lorenzen, who are mm-hmm. Kentucky high school basketball legends, oh, apart from being yeah. also football legends. So uh, went with more of the uh, uh, comedy route. Bradley, who was <laughs> yeah. your snub? Uh, I, I had three guys left on my list. Um, Lynn Bowden, I thought was the mm-hmm. biggest Ooh. snub of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. going to say this, and I know people disagree with it. Lynn Bowden is the most dominant, unstoppable athlete I have ever seen. People knew what he was going to do every time, <laughs> and he just went and did it anyway. He's that 2019 a dog. Was crazy. He was a he was an all state basketball player in high school. I remember oh, when he was being recruited to Kentucky. There was some scuttlebutt of him walking onto the basketball team. He was that good in high school. Uh, so, uh, Lynn Bowden was my notable snub. I also had, uh, Jesse Witten on my team. He's the only four time tennis all American in history. And, uh, so cool. that, that just means he's a certified dog. And, uh, <laughs> then I also had Mike Lydon and Mike Lydon, uh, was at one time the women's, uh, he was there for 15 years and won nine SEC Diving Coach of the Year awards. Uh, so he's definitely got that dog in him. He's got a, a, a killer mentality. So, uh, yeah, Mike Lydon, if you don't know, now you know. I just looked up a you. quick uh, former Wack Wilgram article from 2019. I remember um, we were kind of – that team was super shallow. I remember Dante Allen redshirt that year because he was coming off like an ACL or something, and – uh I think Khalil Whitney might have transferred at this point. So we were a little short in the backcourt. I remember like Lynn Bowden posted his high school highlights. I was like, hey, Cal, if you need me. Um, But I'm looking up this Wack Wilgram (laughs) article. It says, as a senior at Warden Harding in Youngstown, Ohio, in 2017, Lynn Bowden averaged 24 points, six rebounds, and seven assists per game. Not bad. Dog. Dog. Wow. Wow. I've learned a lot. But uh, that that's our little positive spin for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We need to get into listener questions, which hopefully are positive. But if you guys want negative, then we went negative for you. We're we're just pleasing the fans like we always do, or like we're starting to always do. We're each gonna pick one of our favorite questions, 
um bradley you got one that was really specifically directed towards you from a very good friend of the show michael beard do you want to answer that one for us yeah yeah i'll definitely do that uh michael beard he's on twitter at all mic'd up underscore uh shoot him a follow if you don't already uh he's he's awesome and then uh tater also chimed in a little bit with it uh but mike's question was if we indeed end up having to move on from cal the inevitable give me a list of people you'd target in tiers let's start with bradley first uh so first off i I appreciate the respect uh the people know that i know ball uh so i uh no i'm just kidding with that uh but i did oblige i did make a list of uh 15 potential names uh, which I just deleted, so let me go and recover that. Uh, oh. but, uh, all right, let me uh, – I have four tiers of uh, potential coaches that I would like to, to see us hire or maybe not like to see us hire. Uh, my four tiers are tier one, must call. Uh, the second that Cal decides he does not want to be the coach at Kentucky anymore, uh, this is uh, – the, the tier that we should call the must call tier. I have Eric Musselman from Arkansas. I know a lot of people aren't going to like this. I have Billy Donovan in this tier mm-hmm. uh, with the Chicago Bulls. I have Jay Wright in this tier as well. Must mm-hmm. call in my opinion, Scott drew from Baylor and in my must call rounding it out. I have Nate Oates at Alabama. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but he's got to be in my tier one of of must call. the The second that Cal decides he's done, those five guys have got to be called somewhere somehow. I like Bradley, I'm sure I'm surprised you didn't call that tier. Have to make them say no first. Well, that, <laughs> that I I don't like that phrase. Everybody says it so bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We got to make Pat Riley say no. Uh, Well, he's going to say no. Okay, tier two. These are my respectable hires, guys that I I wouldn't mind. In fact, I think would be pretty good if we got them. I have Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. Pretty hot name right now, doing a really good job at Arizona. I know a lot of people don't like this guy. I like him. Bruce Pearl at Auburn. I think he's a great coach, great recruiter. I also have Frank Vogel in this tier. Uh, he is former NBA coach, uh, won, won an NBA championship, uh, also was a junior varsity basketball player at Kentucky. Just a little side note there. And then rounding out tier two, a kind of an under-the-radar name, TJ Otzelberger at Iowa State. He runs a really high-paced offense there. He's doing a really good job recruiting for Iowa State. I'd like to see what he can do on a on a higher scale. I, I personally wouldn't be upset if he was the next coach. Number three, I have the, my tier three that could have been better hires. I have Dwayne Casey, a former NBA coach of the year, also former player at Kentucky. I have Matt McMahon. Who is the uh, current oh. coach at LSU? Yeah, I, I know a little bit more about him just since he was at Murray State, and I live in Murray. I think he's a really good coach. He's got a really good eye for talent. Just look at John Morant, and then the could have been better. I also have Buzz Williams at Texas A and M in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always has a really tough, gritty team, deep roster. Okay, my fourth tier. This is last resort. Everybody else says no, spits in your face, punches you in the face, pulls your shirt over, and just pow, pow, pow. Uh, wow. These guys, uh, Chin Coleman, I think he might not do a horrible job, uh, but I would not want him to be in the first 10 that we discuss. Yeah. Um, Mark Pope, who is currently with BYU, uh, you know, a former player, that'd be cool. Don't necessarily want him or any other player. I've heard people talk about Tyler Ulis, Rajon Rondo, guys like that. Eh, no. Okay. Then my last name, absolutely <laughs> do not want. Do not want him. Don't even start that. Chris Holtman. <laughs> That's my list. Chris Holtman is the bottom, is the very, Chris very Holtman. bottom. I, I would I'm rather. So sorry for your all's headphones. I would rather Mitch Barnhart hire me. I would rather Mitch Barnhart hire Scott Clark. 
than Chris Holt. Oh my god. <laughs> Scott gets roasted weekly on this podcast I, and then doesn't I would rather to it. Mitch Barnhart hire Osama bin Laden. No, I'm kidding. I'm oh, whoa. What is that with you bringing up international <laughs> terrorists on every episode? <laughs> whoa. Uh, all I'm saying there are 200 coaches that I would prefer Mitch to hire before Chris Holtman. But if Mitch is the AD, knowing how much we hate it, it's going to be Chris Holtman. Oh, I hate Mitch. Buddy, you got a question <laughs> for us to answer? I've got a question. <laughs> um, so Junior, fellow ball knower, um, at Sport Guy Junior asks, uh, are the players slash NIL more to blame for the locker room and culture issues this year? This year, sorry. Or would you say it's more on coaching staff for not doing a better job killing some of the egos? Um, and good question. Uh, tricky one. Um, to preface, by the way, there have been some rumors that the locker room has become a uh, noxious place, I guess, that there's um, some beef among leaders on the teams. And we've heard names, you can do the math. But apparently, uh, the situation has been overblown, you know, potentially greatly exaggerated to some degree. And I, I believe it's it's true on the whole, but um, the, 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 there's been some problems in the locker room. So is it players? Is it coaches? Is it NIL? In my opinion, um, and, and maybe it's a little controversial. It's possibly not controversial at all. Twitter is one of those um, magical internet places where everything is controversial. Uh, so I'm scared to say it on there. Like I could wish Bradley happy birthday tomorrow and someone's probably going to tell me I'm a war criminal. But um, anyways, yeah. So uh, right now we're seeing locker room issues kind of all over the country. Um, it seems like more than usual. I've heard, you know, the, the rumors about uh, Sky Clark um, and and Illinois and that, that kind of being more intense than uh, than what's come out. I've heard stuff about Texas Tech. Um, some, you know, minor little stuff about Arkansas, some other things here and there. I don't know if any of it's true. Um, but I, I don't think it's any one person's fault as far as our players or coaches. Uh, but generally speaking, it seems that the task of tempering locker rooms and kind of gluing everyone together has become much harder in the, the NIL era. Um, you know, which may be totally incorrect. And I support NIL and paying the players. Um, but it was one issue when players were just on a pedestal and, you know, instant celebrities and worshipped. And now they're also suddenly multimillionaires and getting free Porsches too. So, yeah, I, I think that could make the the job of creating you know, a culture of, of humbleness and cohesion in a locker room, just a bigger challenge altogether. Um, but that's my thought. Yeah, the, the counter argument to that is last year, Shaden Sharp had a Porsche and didn't even play. And that seemed like a really good locker room, at least to me. But it could be coincidence. It could not be. But anyways, WT, what's your question for us? Uh, my question comes from everybody's favorite Twitter account, Microwave. Uh, also known as Tone Center, also known as Cover Zero Enthusiast at YRG Microwave. Nice. Uh, he says, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Also, hope you all are doing all right. It's tough for everyone right now. Uh, the egg came first. The chicken had to come from somewhere. And that's all I got to say. So TJ Walker actually asked me this question. What's the chicken or the egg? Is the locker room problems causing losing or is losing causing the locker room problems? So I'll let you answer that really quick. It's tough to be happy as a locker room when you lose. Egg. Fair enough. Um, we were happy, but we were happy in the Bahamas and uh, until about five seconds left against Michigan State. So you can't be sad in the Bahamas. <laughs> um, let me pick my question. I'm in between two. I'll do Dylan Riddle at Dylan underscore Rid 22. He says, who runs the power forward for Kentucky next season? Damian Collins, Chris Livingston, or Lance Ware? Or could Enzo and Bradshaw play together? Those are two different questions. Um, what will Cal do and who would I have? Um, give me Chris Livingston or a Duthiero or a stretch four transfer to play the power forward next year. I don't want Damian Collins. I don't want Enzo. I don't want Bradshaw. I don't want Lance Ware. I just don't think that works. Um, give me a Duthiero or Chris Livingston, please. 
Um, but we got to get into game predictions, which I said we were going to stay positive. I feel like this is going to end on a negative note. Um, uh, we play ten at Tennessee this weekend. We haven't done really well at anywhere, let alone a very good defensive team. But you know me. I'm always going to pick the Cats. Give me the Kittens, 64-62, to 62, with a really good game from Antonio Threves, MVP. Nice. I, I guess I'll... I'll, I'll go next. Um, my my father is a Tennessee fan, and he listens to this podcast. Um, and he just got me some new shoes, uh, and he also bought me this microphone. So I'm going to be nice to him, and I'm only going to pick the Cats to win by single digits. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Kentucky to win 59 to 55. I think that we see a big game from Savier Wheeler. I think he hits four threes. Uh, and that's going to come back to bite us in the butt when he takes more threes the rest of the season. Buddy, you were the only person to pick Alabama last game, um, and I told you to suck it, but you were right. Who do you got this game? Well, <clears throat> since I have such a significant lead on you guys, I'm pretty sure I've had the closest prediction um, <laughs> both of the last two previous podcasts. So. Uh, I, now that I've got this like comfortable lead, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, something that I hope happens, uh, which is that Kentucky <laughs> wins uh, 73 to 65, we'll say. Um, wow. I've seen Tennessee play some this year. Yeah, I know. Yep. It's going to happen, though. It's more likely than what did they score on us in your prediction on our defense? I don't want to talk about it. It was 55. Was it 55? They only got 55. I watched them play Kansas this year. I haven't watched Tennessee a lot, but um, they're, they're pretty, pretty scary. Um, So, but that's going to be my prediction. Bradley round us out for us. I'm the ultimate sunshine pumper. I'm never going to pick us to lose cats. 99, (laughs) those dirty low down, no good balls. 69 MVP Lance Ware with 12 assists. Let's go Lance. Let's go, Lance. They low down. They dirty. I, they some snitches. I love Lance Ware and then Nikola Jokic roll on offense. But anyways, yes. thank you guys for listening. Go Cats. Support the boys no matter what. Support Cal as long as he's a coach. Keep pushing these guys to the finish line. Go Cats. Thank you guys for listening. Ditch Mitch. Go Cats. Woo.